You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021, and this is your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. On today's show, showrunner Michelle Paradise reflects on the incredible logistical challenges of creating Star Trek Discovery. I'm reviewing Walter Koenig's latest book, Beaming Up and Getting Off, Life Before and Beyond Star Trek, and I'm taking you back in time for a little Star Trek history. I'm Allison Pitt, and today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Get 10% off your first month of counseling at betterhelp.com forward slash DSTN. First up today, being the showrunner of a hit television series like Star Trek Discovery may sound like a glamorous position, and perhaps that might be true. But Michelle Paradise knows there are two sides to every coin. In an interview for the latest issue of Star Trek magazine, an excerpt of which was published on StarTrek.com, the Discovery Co. showrunner gave a heartfelt look at the enormous responsibility and dedication required to help lead Discovery into the 32nd century. Paradise joined Star Trek Discovery midway through the second season, diving into a full-time job that would often see her committing 80 hours a week. With the third season seeing the USS Discovery sent more than 900 years into the future, there were many new details to consider, and that takes a lot of planning. Paradise shared just a few of the considerations for changes to the series in Season 3, posing the questions, What does the future look like in 930 years? How does it feel? What are the new things that we see? What are the new technologies? Who are the alien species? How did the aliens we're familiar with change or shift alliances, or whatever that may be, 930 years later? Paradise emphasized that all of these decisions and more needed to be made while still honoring the look, feel, and quality storytelling that Star Trek is known for. Now, while Paradise may work hard, she didn't claim all the credit and was quick to praise the entire production staff for their hard work and dedication. The logistics are really incredible of shooting a show of this size, with six or seven sound stages and hundreds of people, Paradise said in the interview, adding, it's a very, very big show. There's a lot that goes into that. We're so fortunate to have a team of people who truly love not just this show, but Star Trek itself, and are super passionate about this world. We really pour our hearts into this, and we hope that people feel that. To read the full interview with Discovery co-showrunner Michelle Paradise, pick up issue number 79 of Star Trek magazine from wherever you get your magazines. Now next up, I don't talk about books too often on this show, but Walter Koenig's new book, Beaming Up and Getting Off Life Before and Beyond Star Trek, is a wonderful book, and you should read it immediately. Right. (laughs) Now that that's out of the way, the folks at Jacobs Brown Press kindly sent me a copy of Beaming Up and Getting Off for me to review. Now, my first thoughts were, wow, is that an unintentional double entendre? Spoiler alert, no, it isn't. Well, it is a double entendre, but it's definitely not unintentional. More on that later. Beaming Up and Getting Off was published in 2020 and is an updated and expanded version of Koenig's 1998 memoir, Warped Factors, A Neurotic's Guide to the Universe. He's updated it with nearly 100 pages of new material. 
Now, I started reading Koenig's book with not much to go on. I didn't know much about Walter Koenig other than what we all know. He played Chekhov in the original series. He was brought in to be a Davy Jones alike. He didn't make it into the animated series, but he did write an episode. And that one scene in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, makes no dang sense if you actually watched Star Trek. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And he played that other guy on that other show. So I dived into the book with a sense of curiosity, and I was very much not disappointed. Right off the bat, Koenig's writing style is readable and totally relatable. It's frank and disarming with a hearty sense of humor. At times, his storytelling is so intimate that you feel like maybe you shouldn't be reading it. There is more than one discussion of Koenig's love life in more detail than you would probably expect, But all of that contributes to a feeling of camaraderie with the author, and I would challenge any reader to just try and assert that they have nothing in common with Walter Koenig. Beaming Up and Getting Off begins in the summer of 1943, at the start of Koenig's second grade year in New York City. He talks about his experiences as a first-generation American, about the aftermath of World War II, and about the Red Scare. He talks about his parents, his teachers and schoolmates, And he talks candidly about the childhood events that drove adult neuroses. It's a largely chronological tale covering early childhood into mature adulthood, stopping to linger on pivotal moments. It's also got plenty of exclusive photos from Koenig's own collection. To read Koenig's words is to live the life of a working actor, someone who, if I may editorialize for just a moment, uh, probably could not have ever been anything else. As a reader, you'll live his highs and lows, gasp in awe when things go right, and you'll cheer him on when he suffers setbacks, of which there are more than a few. And you'll love the behind the scenes insights from on and off set of your favorite shows. Yes, that includes Star Trek and Babylon 5. Overall, Beaming Up and Getting Off is an essential and inspirational read. It's substantial, it's more than 350 pages long, but it's highly enjoyable. Koenig writes with intelligence, humility, and humor, and once you pick this book up, you will find it hard to put it down. Beaming Up and Getting Off, Life Before and Beyond Star Trek is published by Jacobs Brown Press, and it's available from Amazon.com or wherever you get your books. Now, in just a moment, I'll be taking you back in time to find out what happened this week in Star Trek history. But first, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a counseling service, but it's not like a traditional one. Sure, you'll get to speak to a licensed professional therapist who specializes in what you need. And sure, you'll get safe, private advice in a one-on-one setting. But what sets BetterHelp apart is that you can do it in a way that suits you at an affordable price. BetterHelp is online only, which means that when you speak to a counselor, it's initially through their website or mobile app. But you can also schedule phone or video sessions, and the service is available for clients worldwide, all without having to sit in a waiting room. You can start living a happier life today. And as a Daily Star Trek News listener, you can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash DSTN. And that's help, H-E-L-P. Join over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health, by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash DSTN. That's H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com forward slash DSTN. And a big thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's show. 
And now, let's go back in time for a little bit of Star Trek history. It was today, February 10th, back in 1929, that composer Jerry Goldsmith was born. Goldsmith was the composer of the main theme for the 1979 feature Star Trek The Motion Picture, which was later used as the main theme for Star Trek The Next Generation. He also wrote the theme from Star Trek Voyager, which won an Emmy for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Main Title Theme Music in 1995. In addition to the motion picture, Goldsmith also did the music for Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, as well as the next-gen movies First Contact, Insurrection, and Nemesis. Outside of Star Trek, Goldsmith was a composer for literally hundreds of films and television shows. He passed away from colon cancer on July 21, 2004. Jerry Goldsmith would have been 92 today. Tune in again next Wednesday for more Star Trek history. Well, that's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the other great shows on the network at podcasts.roddenberry.com. Daily Star Trek news is produced by me, Allison Pitt, with selected stories by Chris Peterson. Today's show was sponsored by BetterHelp. Get 10% off your first month of counseling by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash DSTN. I'm back tomorrow with more of the Star Trek news you need to know and the weekend's Star Trek events. I'm Allison Pitt. Live long and prosper. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.